Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. Today, we are listening to an episode of Big Town. Big Town! If you were a member of our Patreon, you know we paid our first visit to this particular city almost two years ago in a feature we call B-Sides of the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society. The series featured the heroic exploits of Steve Wilson, editor of the Illustrated Press newspaper, and his society editor, Lorelai Kilborn. But now we're taking everyone with us to Big Town. Big Town! Yes, Big Town. Big Town! The series debuted in 1937 with Edward G. Robinson and Claire Trevor, two very established film stars in the lead roles. Trevor left the role of Lorelai in 1939 and was replaced by Ona Munson. When the series took over the time slot formerly occupied by Lights Out, two new actors took over, Edward Pauly as Steve and Fran Carlin as Lorelai. The show's huge popularity kept it on the air until 1952. Did we miss anything? Oh, there's so much more. The show was so popular, it inspired four films starring Philip Reed and Hilary Brooke. Now, I covered Big Town, Big Town, Big Town, Big Town, after Dark and Big Town Scandal. It inspired a TV series around on CBS from 1950 to 1954, and then moved to NBC until 1956. And DC Comics published 50 issues of a comic book adaptation that ran from January 1951 to the spring of 1958. So let's get to it. This episode, Double Murder, was first broadcast on October 12th, 1948, from the series Big, Big Town. Town. Ah, boys. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. Life Boy Health Soap presents Big Town. Extra Hero About the Double Murder. Tonight's Big Town Story brought to you by Life Boy Health Soap. Life Boy gets skin cleaner in your daily bath. Extra Extra. Life Boy Health Soap presents Big Town. The headline stories of a great city dramatically reported by Steve Wilson. Fighting managing editor whose creed, as with all great newsmen, is emblazoned on the masthead of the illustrated press. The power and the freedom of the press is a flaming sword, that it may be a faithful servant of all the people. Use it justly, hold it high, guard it well. Now, Big Town, and tonight's headline story captioned Double Murder. Few men are capable of murdering a woman, and if the attempt fails, the would-be killer must strike again. And such is the background of Steve Wilson's strange case of double murder, which began some months ago near Gangland's conventional burial ground, an abandoned coal dock on the big town waterfront.
Dick. Get her out of the back of the car. Hey, why don't you drive us right into that drink and be done with it? I know what I'm doing. Drag her out of there and I'll make sure that chain don't come loose and let her float up into the city morgue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't like the idea of cooling dames. Nobody gets off a big tag for killing a dame. Put her down on the edge and quit jittering. I don't like it either, but orders are orders. How come Anders made you do it, Artie? I thought you were soft than a canary. Who says I did? Okay, then Anders. But I thought he never... Quit thinking, Dink. Quit talking about her. She was a good kid, but she knew what happened to that narcotic fed. Okay, okay. Let's get it done with and get out of here. Okay. This canvas will hold. The chain will keep her on the bottom till it won't matter. Where'd you get that chain, Artie? Off of the gate of Mickey Martin's casino on the River Road. Creeps, that'll tie this to him if the cops drag her up out of the drink. That's the big idea. Come on, grab hold. Creeps? She ain't very heavy either with the... I think. Eve. Creeps, Artie. I need a drink. Shut up. Let's get out of here. Steve, you got a minute? Sure thing, Laurel. I'm a lovely. Come in. I want you to listen to something that may be right up your alley. Uh, come in, Miss Mills. Thank you, Miss Kilbert. Steve, this is Cora Mills. She's from upstate. How do you do, Miss Mills? How do you do, Mr. Wilson? She's here in Big Town looking for her sister. She's disappeared, Mr. Wilson. I haven't heard from her in two weeks. Well, perhaps she just hasn't written. No, there's something wrong, I'm sure. I phoned the rooming house where she was supposed to be staying. The landlady said she'd never been there. What was she doing in Big Town? She hoped to get a job singing. Singing? Yes, she sang in one of our local nightclubs upstate. I see. Did she ever write you? Mention any contact she'd made? Only one person... Someone by the name of Tyler, a talent agent. He was going to get her a job. Tyler. Ever heard of him, Lana? Yeah, Steve. He's a crummy 20%er in the old Big Town building. I went there this afternoon, and the secretary said he'd never had anyone named Clara Mills on his talent list. Sounds like a cover-up. Have you contacted the missing persons bureau, Miss Mills? No, sir, not yet. I checked the bureau, the hospitals, and the morgue, Steve. Nothing. I came to the Illustrated Press because I've heard you help people like me, Mr. Wilson. I hoped you'd run a story. Perhaps even even print a picture. Well, we'll do anything we can, Miss Mills. Have you a photo of your sister? Yes. Here it is, Mr. Wilson. Well, this will help. We can print it, but first... Wait a minute, Miss Mills. This is a photograph of you. No, I'm Cora Mills. That's Clara. We're twins, Mr. Wilson. Identical twins. Good grief. That changes things. If anything has happened to your sister, those responsible may know you're looking for her by now. How about that landlady, Steve? She must be lying. Go see her, Laureline. Put the pressure on. Uh Size her up for a sign of a payoff to keep her mouth shut. I think she has been paid, and it'll be a pleasure. Take care of the hack along. Landladies who can be bought made you rough and tough. Okay, Steve, are you going to call on Tyler the Talent Toad? Yes. Let me go with you, Mr. Wilson. No, Miss Mills, I want you to stay right here in my office. But why, Mr. Wilson? Well, this doesn't sound like any penny any cover-up, Miss Mills. And if anything really serious has happened to your twin sister, those responsible are liable to start thinking they're seeing a ghost. Ghost? Then you think Clara's been murdered? Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Mills. It would be folly and dangerous to you to overlook that tragic 
possibility. I don't care about myself, Mr. Wilson. Clara was so different from me in everything but looks. Talented, wild, headstrong. But I loved her. And I'll do anything to find those who've hurt her. Maybe even killed her. I know you will, and you may have the chance, Miss Mills. But I want you to stay right here at the Illustrated Press until Miss Kilbert and I can find out if your sister is alive or dead. trying to reach you all afternoon. Yeah, I'll bet. I've been busy. Remember that Clara Mills canary I sent you? You never sent me nobody, you percentage punk. Yeah, I know. That's what you told me to say. But a dame come in this afternoon while I was out of my office. What happened? My gal said I'd never handle that dame. You dope if anybody asked. They must have known you did handle her. But there ain't nothing here in my office to prove it. No records, no pictures of the dame. Nothing but you. I won't talk. I'll keep Clem Vic. You can trust me. I'm gonna Want for me to get out of town for a while? Yeah. Stay in your office. I'm sending Artie over after you. Artie? Yeah, but relax. You're just going on a little trip. Stay put or we'll find you and you will go for a long ride. And is lying. You don't trust me. He's going to shut me up. Like he did that Mills dame. i got to get out of here before... Artie. Hello, Tyler. You going away? No, I... What's the idea of crashing my private office? They ought to do it. Your so-called reception room was open. Who's the Artie character you're expecting? None of your business. I ain't booking no acts. Beat it. I'm not selling an act, Tyler. What do you want? I want a straight answer to a simple question. Name it. Where is Clara Mills? Clara Mills? Uh, uh, who's she? Never heard of a canary by that name. You're a rotten liar, Tyler. I'm not you lying. You kept yourself in your first lie. I didn't say Clara Mills was a singer. I, I just guessed. Well, then guess what's going to happen to you if you keep on lying to cover whatever's happened to that girl. Let go. I don't know what happened to Stop her. lying, Tyler. This smells like murder. How do you know I'm lying? It's written all over you. I walk in here and find you waiting for someone called Artie. You're getting ready to run. And when I opened that door, you sounded like you expected the kiss of death. Who... Who are you? A copper? No, but thanks for the compliment. I'm Steve Wilson of the press. Oh, a newspaper. Yes. And if you don't talk to me, you'll talk to the police. If your friend Artie doesn't get here first... Oh, no. no, Let me go. I don't dare talk. Don't be a fool, Tyler. It's obvious you're marked for a ride or a rub-out. Whether you talk or not. Let me go, Wilson. i got to get out of here. They're coming after me any time now. Wilson, somebody just come in the outer office. Is there another way out of this office? No. Get out of sight. If they find me talking to a newspaper guy, they'll bless me, sure. All right. I'll get against the wall behind the door when it opens. But cross me up and you'll be signing your own death warrant. Okay, Tyler. Come on, let's go. Don't walk out there, Tyler. Try to get him in here. Wait a minute. I'm packing a few things. Oh, yeah? Come on, Tyler. You're traveling light. All right, but but i got to take a few uh, papers. Get away from that desk. Like nothing I... Like nothing I will. Yeah, that's right. Like nothing you will. So long. Tyler, where did he hit you? In the, in the throat. Listen, Wilson. Lie still. He's gone. Where's your phone? 
Behind you. On the windowsill. Listen. Oh, wait a minute. He got you in the throat. You need a doctor? Quick. No. No, listen. He got me twice. Where else? Here. Over the heart. Homicide. This is Steve Wilson. Will you ask Inspector Callahan to come to room 210, old big town building, and order an ambulance for a gunshot case? Okay, Mr. Wilson. Can you hold on? Wilson. Listen. Yes, just a minute, officer. What are you trying to say, Tommy? Uh, Here. Uh, write it on this piece of paper. We'll oh. try to talk. Oh. Good grief. What happened, Mr. Wilson? I haven't located Inspector Callahan yet. All right. When you do, tell him never mind the ambulance. Just bring a basket. Tag for the morgue. Thus, death has wiped out one lead in the riddle of the missing girl. But for the tense and exciting developments, we'll return to Steve Wilson and Big Town in a moment. All these years I've been using Lifebuoy Health Soap, I always did think it got me cleaner somehow, but I never knew how right I was till recently when I saw the actual proof. Here's what the doctors now know. After comparing the effects of daily baths with different soaps, they made this amazing statement. Actually, you're cleaner, safer from B.O. when you bathe daily with Lifebuoy than when you bathe with any other leading soap. The doctors studied 820 scientific tests discovered that it's Life Boy's purifying ingredient that makes the difference. If all of you could see the evidence the doctors saw, evidence that I've seen with my own eyes, you'd never use any toilet soap but Life Boy in your daily bath. But these doctors discovered time after time that daily baths are not all alike. You are cleaner, you are safer from B.O. with Life Boy than with any other leading soap. And remember... The purifying ingredient actually makes Life Boy milder, safe even for a baby's tender skin. So enjoy the real pleasure of a Life Boy bath every day. It's refreshing and mild. And Life Boy gets you cleaner. You'll like it. Get some tomorrow and see. <laughs> to Big Town at the Steve Wilson's headline story of double murder. Tracing a young girl whose twin sisters appealed to the Illustrated Press for help, Steve Wilson located a shady talent agent who apparently booked the missing girl into some Big Town nightclub. But the agent was murdered before he could talk. Meanwhile, following another lead, Lorelai Kilborn and Harry the Hack approach a cheap rooming house near the theater section of Big Town. This is the roach roost, Miss Kilburn. Oh, thanks, Harry. You wait in your hack while I quiz this landlady with a conveniently forgetful memory. Well, Miss Kilburn, did the boss not explicitly state that I was to stick to you in the event of eventualities requiring some flexing and unflexing of muscle, which I am very good at? Yes, but I'm going to question the lady on her own doorstep, and if I need you, I'll call for reinforcements. Okay, and uh, speaking of the lady, hmm? there is a somewhat avoidopoitous Amazon oogling us through the curtains of the ground floor front. Thanks, Harry. That may be a good sign. Wait here. Watch her, Miss Kilpine. She's waddling to the door. That suits me. Oh, she's an eager beaver. No need to ring. Uh, good evening. What do you want? I might want to rent a room. I'm full up. No vacancies, dearie. Expect any? No. Who said I might and who sent you? A girl who had a room here a couple of weeks ago. What girl? 
Clara Mills. You're a liar. No Mills gal ever stayed here. What's the gag? You the dame that phoned yesterday? Said she was a sister from out of town? No, I'm just a friend of the family. Well, beat it. No Mills dame ever rented the room in my place. She got herself in a jam with no skin off of my neck. What makes you think Clara Mills might be in a jam? Out-of-town dames are always coming to big town and getting themselves in jams. And the same goes for women who run boarding houses and let their tenants vanish and lie about it when they're questioned. Who are you calling a liar? Who are you? A femme flat from a missing person's office? No, but if you don't answer my questions, they'll be around and you'll do your talking at headquarters. What's this dame pulled? How come the heat's on? What heat? I mean, how come you and the sister's looking for her? There's a third chance she's been murdered. Murdered? Yes. And now before you do any more lying, think over the consequences of being an accessory to a murder against whatever you were paid to keep your mouth shut. You're crazy. I don't know nothing. We know she roomed here. She wrote her sister. She was lying. I ain't had a vacancy in a month. How much are they paying you to say that? Nothing, and you can't prove a thing. Oh, so you removed her clothes and her luggage. They've really got you up to your neck in criminal conspiracy. I ain't talking. You can't trick me into admitting nothing. You've been tricked. Who shut your mouth with money or threats? Nobody. Where did Clara Mills get a job? I don't know. If you don't tell us, we'll get it out of her agent. What agent? Tyler, a talent toad in the old Big Town building. Never heard of him. Don't know nothing. Get out. Beat it. Let me alone. What's the matter, Miss Gilbane? Uh, don't the lady want a final subscription to help you work your way through college? No, Harry. She's trying to work her way into woman's prison for the rest of her unnatural life. <laughs> she should live so long. What do you mean by that crack, Hacky? Uh, if you will observe carefully, madam... There is a gent meandering up and down across the street who is very interested in our little tete-a-tete. And uh, he is manicuring his mitts with a toad sticker, which might likewise be used, but cutting throats. Yours, for instance. You don't scare me. I don't know nothing, and I ain't talking. All right, but if you live long enough to change your mind, call Steve Wilson at the Illustrated Press. Well, don't hold your breath. Sorry, Miss Kilpine. Did I do wrong button in? I don't know, Harry. Is that man across the street really watching this house? Yeah, and he ain't thinking of buying it. Good. I think he'll follow me. Hey, now, wait a minute, Miss Kilpine. Don't I'll walk down to the corner drugstore and phone Steve. And whilst while I'll be doing what? Drive down the block and come up the avenue. If he follows me when I leave the drugstore, I'll shake him in the arcade building. And then? You get on his tail and stay with him until he lights. Okay, Miss Kilpine. You sure you can shake him? I'll shake him. And if he comes back here to take this stupid landlady on a little trip, call Steve at the office right away. <laughs> Did you get any information about my sister from that talent agent? Please sit down, Miss Mills. What's happened to Clara? What did that talent agent tell you? Not a thing. Nothing? He was about to leave town when I got to his office. He was too frightened to talk, and before I could get him out of there, he was shot. Killed? Yes, murdered by a gunsel who simply opened the door of Tyler's office and shot him down. Oh, how horrible. But must that mean my sister Clara is really dead? Well, I'm sorry, Miss Mills, but... My experience, even gangland rarely commits murder, except to cover murder. But why would they kill Clara? She was wild and headstrong, but she never did anything wrong in her life. She was never mixed up in anything crooked. Yes, but some of the nightclubs in this town have a silent partnership with the so-called underworld, Miss Mills. They're fronts for all kinds of rackets. And if your sister got a job in one, she may have been a, a witness to something that's would require her silence. 
And gangland can be sure of only one kind of silence, Miss Mills. I'm sorry. I hope I'm wrong. Poor Clara. She came here with such high hopes. Yes, and we can only hope the deadly pattern won't be repeated. Steve, Macy said you just came in to get anything out of Tyler. Well, they got to him before I could make him talk, Lorelai. What about the landlady? She won't talk, but she's being watched. You better get Callahan to take her into protective custody, but quick. Did you get anything, Lorelai? That depends on Harry. Well, what happened? Harry spotted a plant watching that landlady's place. I pulled him off with a fast stroll up the avenue, shook him in the arcade building, and Harry took him from there. Nice going, my lovely. Let's hope Harry can stay with him. I've yet to meet the character who can shake Harry, except you. That's only because I know how he operates. Oh, that might be Harry's speech. Let's hope so. Hello, Steve Wilson, press. Uh, boss, it's me, Harry. You heard from Miss Kilbine? Well, she's right here in the office, Harry. What did you get? Plenty of plenty, boss. That creep tailor Miss Kilbine till she shook him like a daisy. Was so blind, he never knew I was practically breathing down his neck while he honed like a pigeon to a hook and rook roost hunted by a con character named Vic Anders. Vic Anders Lucky Club. The same, boss. And as you know, it has a somewhat aromatic rep as a front for the snip and dip trade. Yes, where are you phoning from, Harry? Panamichi swept box on a corner. You coming down for look-see? I'll be there in ten minutes. Keep away from my place, Harry. They're playing this game for keeps. Mr. Wilson, let me go with you. Maybe there's some hope. Maybe Clara's still there, still alive. Oh, Miss Mills, it would be too risky. There's something queer about this, something that doesn't quite gel. I had the same feeling, Steve, talking to that landlady. This isn't a simple matter of murder and cover-up. I can't believe Clara's really dead. I'm afraid, but until I really know... Wait a minute, Miss Mills. There's a slim chance. You're the image of your sister. If you suddenly appeared in Anders' lucky club and was mistaken for her, we might trick them into a false move. I could go with her, Steve. You could get Callahan to cover the place with his homicide squad. Phone him at Tyler's office, Lorelai. Ask him to throw a net around the lucky club on the double. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to pay a call on Vic Anders. I want to be in his office when you and Miss Mills, doubling as her sister, enter the club and his goon boys tell him Clara Mills is very much alive. <laughs> Thus, Steve Wilson gets set for a quick showdown with those who hold the secret of Clara Mills' fate. In a moment, we'll come to the exciting climax of tonight's story, brought to you by Life Boy Health Soap. Friends, if this startles you, that's all right. I was startled, too. But it's true. Doctors have proved it to themselves. Life Boy in your daily bath gets you cleaner than any other leading soap. Just let me repeat that. After comparing the effects of daily baths with different soaps, the doctors made this amazing statement. Actually, you are cleaner, safer from B.O. when you bathe daily with Life Boy than when you bathe with any other leading soap. It's Life Boy's purifying ingredient that makes the difference. Remember, the purifying ingredient actually makes Life Boy milder, safe even for a baby's tender skin. So bathe daily with mild, refreshing Life Boy. Get some tomorrow, won't you? Now, back to Big Town for the five-star payoff in tonight's story of Double Murder. Investigating the disappearance of a nightclub singer, Steve Wilson has traced her to a clip joint known as the Big Town Lucky Club. And now, having arranged a simple trap and informed Inspector Callahan of homicide of his plan... Steve enters the private office of Vic Anders, owner of the club. Hello, Anders. Wilson, what's the idea of barging into my private office? Call it bad manners, if you like. But I wanted to surprise you. 
Nobody surprises me, Wilson. My doorman phoned me the minute you walked into my club. Yes, I was sure he would. He's going to have more news for you before this night is over. What are you after, you nosy newsy? The joints on the up and up? Yes. You boys usually keep your fronts clean. It's what goes on behind the scenes. You're really profitable enterprises. Name one you can pin on me, Wilson. I'm not here to talk about rackets tonight, Anders. No? What do you want? Let's talk about a frightened landlady on South Street, a dead booking agent called Tyler, and a missing girl by the name of Clara Mills. All right, Anders. What about them? You're doing the talking, Wilson. All right. Tell me. All right, I'll tell you. It's all washed up except for one thing. The landlady is in protective custody. The dragnet is out for your gunboy, Artie, because he made the stupid mistake of killing Tyler while I was in his office. No goon by the name of Artie works for me. All right. So far, we haven't tied him to you. But the Mills girl is another matter. No dame by the name of Mills ever worked for me, neither. And you'll never prove that she did. Oh, no? Suppose she put the finger on you. Told why she had to disappear. Why her landlady had to be bought off. Why a broken-down booking agent had to be killed. She won't. Well, answer your phone, Anders. It might be very important. Not to you. Yeah? Boss, boss, it's me, Think. I I just seen a ghost walk into the club. What's that? That, that, that dame already fixed for you, the one we had... Shut up, you stupid. What happened? That dame just walked into the club with the cookie I spotted quizzing her landlady on South Street. What do I do? Keep an eye on them till I get what gives. Now what, Sanders? Stay put, Wilson. A gun won't get you out of this, Sanders. Oh, we'll see. Artie, come in here. So there is an Artie. Yeah, Vic. Artie, I've been hearing things. Yeah, so have I. That door's kind of thin. This newspaper slug here says he can put the finger on you for killing a dope named Tyler. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to do that. It's too late for gunplay, Artie. Wait a minute, Artie. Wilson will keep. You and me got something to settle first. All right, but keep your gun on Wilson, not on me. Think just phone. He says there's a dame down in the club... That oughtn't to be anywhere except... Dink's crazy. He knows where she went. He helped me put her there. But Dink says she's downstairs, and Wilson says she's ready to put the finger on me. How do you explain that? All right, so they found her. So I'll tell you something, Vic. Make it good, Artie. Make it awful good. I told you I didn't go for killing Dane. I gave you an order, you punk. That ties you in, Anders. I am up, Wilson. Anything you hear now ain't gonna do you any good. All right, Artie. How did you fool, Dink? What did you take down and drop in the river? <laughs> a roll of canvas and a chain for weight. What did you do with the dame? I made a deal with her and a landlady to keep the trap shut. Keep out of sight till I could get her out of town. Yeah, and the little sick the cops on me for shooting that narcotic head. Narcotic? So that's what's back of it. Yeah, but you won't make a headline out of it, Wilson. All right, Artie, go ahead. Wilson's your meat. He's got the finger on you for Tyler. Go on, he's no dame. You don't have to be squeamish about him. Don't be a fool, Artie. Empty your gun into me and Anders will empty his into you. Yeah, I know, but like Vic said, you'll keep. Drop your gun, Vic. Come on the floor. Like the dog. All right, Artie. 
That saved the state the expense of one killer's trial. Now, let's have that gun for evidence. Sure, Wilson. Come and get it. One slug at a time. No. Can't you count, Artie? Five shots. You spent them all on Anders. Oh, yeah. Yes. Now, leave that empty gun on the floor, Artie. Where is Clara Mills? Did you really have a soft enough streak in your rotten nature to spare that girl? Hey, boss, are you okay? What goes? You got all that lead. I'm okay, Harry. What's this rack? With pleasure. What happened up here in the shooting gallery? Who's the somewhat dead-looking pigeon on the floor? The Anders. It was the old story, dog eats dog, Harry. But that isn't the best part of this payoff. Steve, Steve. Come in, I've got a job for you that may mean good news for Cora Mills. I know, Steve. Callahan's men found her sister locked in the attic room of that boarding house when they took the landlady into protective custody. Molly, Molly, whom would they need to protect that bad lax from? Well, it doesn't matter now, Harry. Where's Callahan, Lala? Rounding up the rats in this dive. He must have heard those shots and is on his way up. Good. Borrow Anders' phone and call Fletch on the city desk. Byline yourself a story of a murderous cover-up that failed. Happily for Cora Mills and her missing sister, and with the subsequent arrest, conviction, and execution of the murderous Artie, still another exciting assignment in the newspaper career of Steve Wilson and the Lorelei of the Big Town Illustrated Press. Remember, doctors have proved it. Life Boy in your daily bath gets you cleaner than any other leading soap. Yes, you're cleaner, safer from B.O. when you bathe daily with Life Boy than when you bathe with any other leading soap. Buy some tomorrow. Now, before hearing about next week's exciting Big Town adventure, here is Steve Wilson with a message about something very close to his heart and the heart of every American. Ladies and gentlemen... With the red feather as its symbol, this year's great community chest drive is now underway. Hospitals and clinics, day nurseries and homes for old folks. The YMCA, Salvation Army, and a reborn USO. These are but a few of the red feather services that look to the community chest for funds. Their need for help is critical. And you give them all right in your own community when you contribute once to your local community chest. So give now and give generously. Thank you. Next week, the makers of Life Boy bring you a heartwarming story of devotion and sacrifice captioned The Angel of the Street. Another exciting assignment in the newspaper career of fighting Steve Wilson of Big Town. Don't miss it. In tonight's dramatization, all names, times, and places are fictional. And any similarity to other names and places is purely coincidental. Big Town features Edward Pauley as Steve Wilson, Fran Carlin as Lorelai Kilburn, and was written and directed by Jerry McGill. And now, Big Town bids you good night until next Tuesday night, same time, same station, when you'll hear the newsboy calling... Extra hero about it. The story of Steve Wilson and Angel of the Street. Brought to you by Life Boy Health Soap. Another fine lever product. Extra, extra.
Rinso with Solium puts sunshine in your wash. Rain or shine, new Rinso with Solium gives your wash a new brilliance you have never seen before. You can dry your wash anywhere, and white clothes will turn out actually whiter than brand new, and washable colors even brighter than new. It's because new Rinso contains the scientific sunlight ingredient, Solium. No other soap contains sodium, only new Rinso. So safe for clothes, so kind to hands. Find out about the amazing new brilliance of Rinso washed clothes. Find out how new Rinso with sodium puts sunshine in your wash. Get Rinso in the new package with the red sodium label. More women use Rinso than any other wash day soap in the world. <laughs> This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That was Double Murder from Big Town here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. Yeah, we uh, ran across Big Town a long time ago. And as we mentioned in the opening, we threw it on our B-sides for Patreons. It was a fascinating discovery, again, pointed out in our opening of this, because it is largely forgotten to time. Uh, There's a lot of old-time radio that doesn't exist in the minds of humans anymore, but the fact that it doesn't exist much in the minds of those of us that are nerds about it is was fascinating it's a bit outside our usual genre. Of course, but still, to not even have heard of it before I stumbled across it, like, I've never listened to One Man's Family. it's because so few of them exist. But there's that. I think if hundreds of them existed... But it was funny when we first heard it, like, Big Town. It sounds Big like, Town! It sounds like a joke. It sounds right. like somebody's yes. pulling our radio legs. Well, and that's the bit from the B-sides is screaming Big Town afterwards, just so you guys listening or trying to figure out why we I think we did it as well on the Lights Out episode <laughs> did we? that we listened to, because we listened to the author and the thing, and it says, next time, we're going to Big Town. Oh, that's right, right, right. We could right. not stop doing Big Town. And it's still funny, in this radio show, when they call the city Big Town. When they call it Big Town, it fills me with so much laughing joy. They're not trying to be funny, but of all the things you... You could have Metropolis, Superman, right? Um, Yes. Gotham City. They come up with these fake names. Big Town is hilarious as a fictional city name. Especially when when you get like the Big Town Lucky Club. Right. (laughs) It sounds like one of those bad translations where you take English into Japanese, then translate it back into English again. Right, right, right. Big Town Super Monkey Go-Go Club. Actual package in New York, and I think it was some kind of chips, but happy fun time from the earth. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was supposed to be organic chips. Yeah. So, yeah, look, here's the deal. Big Town, it was an accident, and I discovered it, and we listened, we brought it to the B-sides, whatever. And it was this huge hit, and it was really fun to learn about it. And the one we brought to the B-Sides, I actually really, really loved. I still have listened to that one since then because he doesn't solve something going on in the city. No. He gets on a flight to Paris and kills Nazis. And it was really fun. Also, it's a completely different character that yes. Edward G. Robinson plays oh than my gosh, this guy. Because yeah. Edward G. Robinson is tough, but mm-hmm. he's a lot more avuncular and intelligent-seeming. Yeah, this guy... I'm going to agree just because I don't want you to know that I don't know what avuncular is. Oh, avuncular is one of my favoritest words in the world. Well, there we go. 
I'm just want to define it incorrectly for yeah. you. <laughs> well, you know, if you only have one avuncular. Yeah. You should see a doctor. Yes. Yes. I'll give you one of mine. <laughs> I love you that much. <laughs> so the point is that we listened and I was like, wow. And then I went and listened to more. And I went, oh, they're not like that at all. So I got disappointed in Big Town because... Oh, Big Town. Oh, Big Town. <laughs> because we had that one episode. I was like, are they all this full of international espionage adventure fun? And they aren't. It's a little like listening to the Green Hornet. First of all, it's a newspaper. But second, you know, it's, it's, it's this city and what happens in this city and solving crime in this city through a newspaper, yada, yada. So when I came back to this, I didn't pick this. Uh, YouTube picked this for me. And oh, so now me, we're blaming YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Woke me up in the middle of the night. You know how they're... Big down! <laughs> exactly. You know how they're, they're rolling and it's just... Yeah. What do they call that? The uh, algorithm? Algorithms just choosing it's stuff for you. you an avuncular that's Joseph's for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I had that removed, the avuncular. So... I'm sitting there and I go, what am I listening to? And I look over as it before I go, oh my God, it is actually chosen Big Town. And it was this one. And I said, oh. And my perspective changed. Instead of being disappointed that they weren't all like that first one, let's approach it for what it is. And I realized something for what it is. It's really good. There's nothing epic about it at all or new or inventive or innovative or anything straightforward storytelling but within that context within that world they do a really good job really well done fun and i understood why it was so popular it ain't challenging and yes it has some hokey moments (laughs) i know it does but it is it falls into that category of warm blanket of storytelling it was very interesting because uh, right in line with that of uh, just enjoying it beat by beat, like this is fun, this is fun, like ooh, a twin. Are they going to do something fun with the twin? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. They're like, oh, there's a ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah. you look just like her. <laughs> I, I take that not as, so much as a criticism as like, yeah, they're just telling straightforward things. There's a plot and things happen story, and it's mm-hmm. mostly about being in an office and a guy gets shot and uh yeah you know just normal stuff like that normal stuff <laughs> yeah i think this is an interesting episode to discuss after the weird circle because i think this really highlights the differences between the three of us in that what mediocre radio we like better than other mediocre radio. <laughs> That's a really good <laughs> because point, Joshua, because it me, is mediocre. This is boring town. You're right. You know, like, uh, it is just right. like, it's so by the numbers. Yep. I would take the weird circle over this any day of the week. Uh, right. But I say that because it's a way to point out a taste difference. I think yep. we all acknowledge, like, this isn't mind-blowing, inventive radio, but I prefer a weird comfy blanket <laughs> right so that's a really interesting point you just made like uh, uh don't be so weird can i just get like i mm. want my warm comfortable blanket is right in this wheelhouse where i'm like oh this is fine to the point where i can think about other things and maybe just check in and out <laughs> and, and i think and that's, that that's the difference like one of the most depressing things to me in the realm of mundane depressing things mm-hmm. not like world poverty depressing <laughs> i mean like mundane things is people who have tv on while doing other things oh I grew up in a house where people just kept TV on in the background and radio. And I find that just like, 
that storyteller in me, like, it's a story, respect it. Either it's <laughs> worth watching or turn it the bleep off. Law and you know? Order like, is Saturday afternoon it. baseball games to me. It's yeah. just background noise oh, sometimes. Yeah. That you know? is dreary to me. So, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm visiting the grandparents. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh, that's oh, no, and the oh. only, oh, at least there's hard candy. Oh. <laughs> I want to see if you guys agree with this. There is a scene that I found exceptional and not mundane and not run-of-the-mill and not a warm, comfortable blanket of straight storytelling. And that is when Lorelai goes to visit the woman that runs the boarding house and brings that guy with her. That Shreebie? guy was the best part of this whole show. I so loved him. His dialogue... Is, Margo and uh, Lamont are standing on some street corner right. waiting for you. Right, what are you right. doing moonlighting with these guys? First of all, I love the actor. I loved his character work. I loved the dialogue they wrote for him. Okay, and There I, was some of those jargon like, did you say something really awful? And right. Zip back? <laughs> right. In addition, I liked the woman playing Lorelai's interaction with the landlady. I'm, I'm going to have a hard time pinpointing it, but there was something about her performance of that conflict and that confrontation with the landlady that I really enjoyed her acting in that scene. I'm going to agree with you that I think the best part of this script is the character of Lorelai as well as uh, the actor's performance. Good. That scene is the closest to something akin to journalism, right? right? She has the mm. tenacity of a journalist in that scene, that she's not going mm-hmm. to let this woman off the hook. She's dogged, and no one is out to protect her. Yes, I guess ostensibly Hank the Hack, or whatever his name was, is there to provide muscle or backup, but she never requires it. Right. Um, so, yeah, she's the strongest character. I could not stand Edward Polly, he was just so bizarrely intense. Yeah, very intense. Like, yeah. No matter what he was saying, like, they, I'll have a cup of coffee right now. <laughs> reminded you, like, I'm a reporter. You're what? <laughs> it was just some strange choices. Yep. I guess you're like, how do I differentiate from Edward G. Robinson? And maybe that's it. He just took mm-hmm. it to like a really extreme end of the spectrum. And the other Edward G. Robinson episodes of this that still exist that aren't the one where he goes and fights the Nazis in Paris. <laughs> which I highly recommend you listen to. The other ones with Edward G. Robinson, he's got a really soft side to him. Would you describe him as avuncular? <laughs> yeah, a little avuncular. Uh, well, you know, avuncular-ish. Mm, sure, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Life Boy Health Soap. Yeah. Can we talk about Life yeah, Boy Health Soap? Yeah, apparently B.O. is a huge problem. When I was listening to these commercials, I began to suspect, is this whole show... <laughs> Put on by like a little small town that is just making fun of big cities. <laughs> wow, you know, with the, your big papers that enforce the law and your baths and <laughs> your daily baths. <laughs> so one thing to know about this show is that they are preachy. At the end of each show, and there's a little bit on this one, but some of them are much more preachy. Whatever the problem was, they come on and go, so this is an actual problem in the United States and we've got to stop it. We've got to stop whatever it was oh. that they stopped. They... Editors of newspapers are empowered to. Right? <laughs> yes. But they, they get... Singing careers. We, but it's voting. And it's all about you vote for the right people to get this to stop in a very preachy way. That's the best way to put it. Well, so, you have that whole opening with um, yep. journalism as a flaming sword of Correct. justice. Yep. Um, it doesn't jibe really well at the end when he's like, well, 
We just saved the state a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we yeah. skipped this guy's trial that he's owed as a citizen of this country. <laughs> right. I'm infatuated with what Joshua said at the beginning of this. He's, you're, you're so right. Our, our different tastes in mediocre radio. And, and, and the weird circle. <laughs> we always was, agree when it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and when it's really terrible, it's everything in between. between. Right, like <laughs> you like that weird circle for different reasons. I was like, ah, when is this over? Why can't I embrace the mediocrity of of what they're trying to do? I know exactly what these people in Big Town are trying to do, and I embrace it. But and for me, okay. things like Weird Circle is I like to be surprised or be engaged with the story, and for all of its weaknesses, like weird stuff keeps happening. <laughs> and so I'm engaged. Here, it was really hard for me to even pay attention to right. it. But that's back to your saying, that's great. I didn't have to pay attention to it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, it's so right. unchallenging, I can't focus. I can come in and out and go, oh, is that where we're at now in this story? Good. Yep, I figured we were going there. Oh, although I will say, I, I listened to it, and then listened to it a second time, and then at the start, I went, Wait. Both sisters lived. How is this lady getting thrown in the water? That I, the details of that fact, I drifted oh, away. Weird, because that's I felt that was really telegraphed at the beginning because yeah. the guy Dink, <laughs> Dink, <laughs> um, says like, "Hey, this is really as light, heavy yeah. as I thought it was." Like, oh, okay, she's not really dead. But then, like, why put an incriminating chain on a not a body? I supposed to sell the Dink? I don't. Know. <laughs> I'm thinking too much about it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Roll right along. I really don't have anything else to say about this other than we did it. We brought a big town to the main podcast, so we're done. Here's my avuncular. What is sniff and dip? I was afraid to Google. That was one of those, like, (laughs) what would you just say? Uh, It's Fritos and... um, It seems some criminal drug activity, perhaps because there it was a narcotics Sounds officer like who was cocaine. killed. Yeah, like a yeah. cocaine salsa, something like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad that doesn't exist, or I would be a cocaine addict. God, I love salsa. Let's finish this uh, you up got and a vote. Salsa on your nose. Like, uh... I want to go get some nachos right now. Uh, can but we vote, or do you have Life more? Boy, though. Well, I, I want to say one more thing about Life Boy. Like, yeah, yeah. Again, I always pronounced it Bowie. Bowie? It's oh, Life not, Boy. Bowie. Right, because I thought it was Life Boy. That would confuse me for a while. I, I, I thought that's what Google. they said. I thought that. I thought, just now, like, I thought that's what it was. Uh, like a character from the Legion of Substitute Heroes, right? <laughs> <laughs> His superpower is not being dead. <laughs> I am Life Boy! <laughs> like, what? But there's also that really funny uh, moment in one of the commercials, too, where it's just like... Um, it works so well because of our special sanitizing ingredient or purification ingredient or something like that. And I'm like, soap? <laughs> is that just soap? It's soap. Yes, it gets you clean. So this is way off topic. I always had this thought of like different shampoos, soaps, you know, things that claim to clean things better than other things. And I was uh, proven correct when many years ago somebody else who was an investigative journalist look at me i just tied it into big town did a whole expose <laughs> there's no journalism in big town though right all right but did his whole expose on that and found out that out of all the shampoos and all the soaps and they bought a bunch of it and had it all analyzed it was all the same except for the smells the basic bottom line is what you're paying for is all the same except for the smells. No matter what nonsense they tell you, 
it's all the same. It's like selling water <laughs> and trying to make your water better than someone else's water. Like, it's water. There's nothing different about it. Some of them have salt in it. <laughs> <laughs> you get my point. You're, you're right. though, I, I have learned, maybe the hard way, that like when there's like, all surface cleaner, this kind of cleaner, this kind of cleaner, wood surface cleaner. Uh, some of those you don't want to mix up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really talking about that, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I used some on my hair and it smelled like one bleach. way. <laughs> don't, don't put bleach in your hair. Right. Or do. And then let's make that a podcast. Right. I, as long as we're talking about uh, things unrelated to Big yeah, Town. Yeah. Big Town. It's tangentially, is it just me? Or do you have the association with taking baths for children, right? Like when they yes. are aiming this... Like, yeah. yeah, it's like either children or post-trauma. Yes. Yeah. Like or, I had a really bad day. <laughs> yes, or really old people who are afraid of slipping in the shower, yes. right? Yes. Like, and so was there a point at which we changed from adults took baths... To showers? To showers. I remember vividly Because they're being, talking about your daily bath, and it right. isn't aimed at children. You're talking about it, historically or yeah. us personally? There's like a technique. <laughs> at what point did you decide to I start remember the day. Showers? I was like, like 11 years old, and I was... I done with this. I was. I was like, I am in my own filth. This is weird. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> I don't know, but that's a really good question. It's like question. a certain number of pubic hairs, and you have to stand up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, but it is, because it just felt weird. I'm like, how old are you people taking baths? Right. I think it's a great question. I wonder if it is an actual just technology thing. Showers became yep. more. Mm. Well, it's less water. Yeah. You know, I suppose showers uh, and historically more associated with you don't have indoor plumbing, so you're just out there with a bucket over your head. Right. Yeah, That's so it. baths were probably luxurious for a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, we really delved into big town. Yes, I think we... <laughs> uh, my vote is this. It's fine. It's a warm blanket of big town. That's my <laughs> vote. I found it just really run-of-the-mill and yep. boring and hard to focus on. But I agree with you. It stands the test of time in that I think there's a 1951 version of me who would find it just as boring. <laughs> <laughs> Uninteresting. I mean, the, the story works. Like all the beats, there, there yep. aren't like plot holes. It doesn't. No. It, it makes sense. It follows. It's just. It's a procedural, yeah, right? It, it's just not anything I would ever listen to again. But right. it, it certainly stands the test of time. Yeah, it, procedural. I think is the right way to to, to say it. Like even though uh, big time episodes have, I believe, some like the, a wide variety of what they are, what they deal with. It is. It's kind of a formula. That's some sort of adventure with investigators doing adventurous stuff. Uh, and I enjoyed exactly as that of like, there are times I just want to sit down and put something dumb on the TV and like, ah, big dumb smile on my face right. watching a dumb thing. Uh, and this is that of like, I, as you're saying, like just a by the numbers run of the mill story about crime and in the big town and <laughs> big town, big town. Uh, and that's all I want. And I'm glad I don't have to think about it. Yep. Yeah. And I guess it does. It does annoy me. And I, I realize that it's this era of the show, but that it has almost nothing to do with journalism. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. No. And if it's just going to be a tough guy editor fighting criminals, yep. then I'll listen to the Green Hornet because at least he's got a cool car and a mask. I will say, I, the guy though. Harry the Hack? I like him. Yeah, he was I, a lot of fun. Yeah. Sub-Shreevy. Sub-Shreevy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tim Tom stuff. Please go visit coolestlights.com for your sniff and drip. <laughs> <laughs> what if? You'll find what other if? episodes of our podcast there. You can leave comments, vote in polls, let us know what you thought of these episodes. I don't know that we have options for like, yeah, it's fine. We, I don't think that's one of our options. Um, you can also uh, send us messages. Let us know what, you, what episodes of radio you think are awesome. That's always nice to hear. Uh, you can also link to our social media pages, link to our Threadless store if you like some Mysterious Old Radio swag. Yeah, we have like a drip receptacle for <laughs> yes. when you can't quite sniff it all. <laughs> <laughs> With our logo. Uh. Uh, and you can uh, link to our Patreon page. Yes, go to patreon.com slash themorals and support this podcast. As you heard, we do extra podcasts. The B-Sides of the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society is one of them. In fact, I'm trying to remember, I think we might have released this as a teaser uh, for people. Oh, did we? Uh, the yeah, we might Big Town one. Um, if we did, you're very lucky. If we didn't, you should become a patron. No matter what, you should become a patron. And if you don't want to become a patron, please, why don't you uh, go to ghoulishdelights.com and just make a one-time donation, a way of saying, thanks, I really like your podcast, here's some extra money, because we are putting that extra money right now towards some uh, advanced technology. Not really, just a computer, we're not going to like be beaming different places in the country. <laughs> uh, but it would really help us out uh, to update our equipment, and thank you to everybody who has already contributed. As of this recording, I want to say thank you to Bill, to Brian, Anne-Marie, Linda, Shane, Mark, Jeffrey, Micah, Ryan, Roberta, Catherine, Carolyn, Loretta, Lori, and DBA, whatever your real name might be. Or if it's DBA, sorry, I did not mean to insult your name. <laughs> Great. Oh, uh, by the way, you can't take your money back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much. It, it makes a big difference to us to get this computer upgraded, uh, and we can finally stop using our VIC-20. <laughs> We're going to get a mysterious old radio listening society um, broadcast tower. <laughs> hey, if you'd like to see us performing live, the mysterious old radio listening society theater company does recreations of classic old time radio shows and a lot of our own original work live on stage audio theater. We've been doing it for about seven years now, monthly somewhere. Uh, you can find out where we're performing, what we're performing and when, by going to ghoulishdelights.com or mysteriousoldradiolistingsociety.com. There you'll see how to get tickets, see what shows we're doing this month, and where you can come see them. If you can't, uh, for whatever reason, uh, you can become a Patreon. And part of the perks of being a Patreon is we film all of our live theater shows. And you get access to them just by being a Patreon. What is coming up next? Next, we will be listening to Two Sharp Knives. From suspense. Until then, Avuncular. Adjective. Suggestive of an uncle, especially in kindliness or geniality. An example sentence would be Eric behaved in an avuncular manner despite Tim and Joshua's refusal to define the word avuncular. <laughs>